I miss a green, for example, I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie, I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Northwood is so sick. Yeah. What, um, so we went on that trip, Lake Merced, SF Golf, Cal Club, Olympic Club, Northwood, Meadow Club, Pasa Tiempo, MPCC Dunes, and Pack Grove. What, uh, overall thoughts? I would just say, I think I didn't give san francisco area enough credit for how amazing the golf is like it's kind of a power player yeah i would agree especially because like we didn't hit up a few like we we played the nine hole course at olympic club but then we also didn't hit up claremont club or uh you know some of the other you know presidio i kind of wanted to see after i heard the history of it glen eagle glen eagle you know we walked around sharp park what'd you think of that I think it's another one that I was kind of blown away with when you're driving over the hill to go uh, check that place out. You're just like kind of blown away with that could be like a public golf course. You know what I mean? It, with the setting that it's in right by the beach and everything like that. Like it could be so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a shame that it is in the current shape it is. And it's, it's, I mean, there's like a cool little like public tour you could do in San Francisco for people that wanted to like get kind of deep on Mackenzie because you could go do Northwood and Sharp Park, which are kind of, you know, abused Mackenzie's, but then you could go play Pasa Tiempo, which is unreal. And then you could, you could tie it in and play Pack Grove. And I think the greens fees would be less than 300 bucks to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but if you wanted to see, like, what having good bones is, I think, like, Northwood is, like, the place you would want to see of any course that I've ever been to with kind of the hollowed-out bunkers that are grassed over, and you can see, like, where the green's extended to. Uh, I mean, it's very easy to see how good that place was without being like super uh, uh, into golf course architecture. Yeah. I think like, I think one of the things people ask me all the time, like how can you figure out like good bones is like looking at like greens and seeing, you know, there's always like a pad that you can see with a green, you know, where it used to extend to. So start to look at the corners of the greens you're playing and look to see like, is there a distinct pad that the screen sits on? And usually, you know, at most municipal golf courses, at least those things have shrunk so much over the years. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's in talking to a couple of architects, they, you know, people say it's, it wouldn't take much to get those, those bunkers dug out and, uh, it, them playable, but it was, it was interesting talking to the guy, um, 
in the pro shop afterwards and how it, he wasn't sure if people would like that. I kind of was miffed. <laughs> yeah, uh, that 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 was pretty weird um, hearing that guy say that because I think golf is just. I always go back to this, but golf is just one of those things where there's always going to be people that aren't great at golf, so it's hard to always cater to someone like that saying like, well if I dig this bunker out here, like now guys are going to be hitting into it and you know, they're not going to enjoy their round as much, but then there's the, the flip side of that, that there's people kind of like us out there that would love to see it. So it's kind of a, I was kind of blown away when he said that too. There's people that suck at everything, like every sport. It's okay that people suck. Yeah, for sure. I think part of what makes golf so special is that people suck. You know, and you're never really conquering it, no matter what level you play it. Yeah, like everyone sucks at you know at times. There's obviously people that that are worse more often, but it like I mean, I've had times where I suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I suck more often than I'm good. So let's uh, kind of dive into the, our favorite stretches of holes. So I I had you. Uh, and I did the same thing, pick out the best three hole stretches. So the best or not the best, our favorite one through three, our favorite four through six, favorite seven through nine, 10 through 12, 13 through 15 and 16 through 18. And, um, with that, we're going to count Northwood and the back nine at Pacific Grove as 18th. ZB, you wanna? Who's your one through three? Yeah, so I uh, kicked the round off with uh, SF Club one through three. Mega width. Super, super width. <laughs> nice way to start out the round. It's like you're probably not gonna miss that fairway too often, and uh, if you hit a good drive, you kind of have the opportunity to get the round started off with a with a birdie. So the rules out there with the no cell phone, no yardage finder, it's kind of crazy. It, you're going back in time a little bit, but like that's a perfect example of like not really knowing where the green was. We both missed way right there. It was it was the worst place you could be. Yeah, exactly. That that's uh, I mean that's something that I wish like the caddy would have just said like, hey you're you're okay to miss in that left bunker like that left bunker would have been like a really easy up and down to the pin we were playing and then the right the right side fell off so hard and we were all just so dead over there yeah it was was just short-sighted down like in a gully so i i went one through three meadow club you know there's something about that second hole going down with like the layered bunkers behind it and you can see all those greens that i just loved and then I, I love the third hole that I hit that sick approach shot to and birdied and, but that green, that green's awesome. Um, I think that I, that metal clubs, like it is such a cool little place there. Yeah. I was lucky enough to play it in a bunch of college, you know, every year in college, basically we had a, a, an event up there and it's really, really cool. Yeah. So, uh, what about four through six? Uh, four through six, I went with Northwood. Ooh. Kind of a 
sweet little stretch. I, I like the uh, sixth hole was maybe my favorite hole on the entire trip. So I, I had to get that that hole in this routing somehow. Yeah, that <laughs> if they brought those bunkers back, we'll put we'll put the uh, your little rendering of of what it is and what you if you just filled in the bunkers that are hollowed out to show people like what we mean by good bones in there. Yeah, that was that was pretty sick. And even the uh, four and five were really cool holes too. That fourth hole, that kind of dog leg right. I mean, we were playing it with the hickories, so we got to really see you know what it was. And then I thought five was a really cool par five. Yeah, that was another one with the bunkers along that right side that were gone, and you could yeah. see like, oh, this is this could be really cool. Sweet green too. Oh, wow. unreal. I think it was missing like a really deep bunker on the right side. I've watched the drone fly over a couple of times. Northwood is like, I like still have dreams about that place. I know it's, it's insane. It's funny because, you know, we texted all, you know, we go on this like crazy long, unbelievable golf trip that people would dream of. Like, you know, and we play Cal club and SF and, and Meadow and Pasatiempo, MPCC, all these like, you know, really well thought of golf courses that bucket listers and like the course, I think we talked about the most before the, the trip was Northwood. And then it's probably the course we talk about the most after the trip. And it's a $23 yeah. course that anybody can play. It's insane. It's like a very eye opening experience. It was so cool. I wish I could spend uh, a couple of days out there just keep going around and see it when it's a little, when it's not winter and it's not so wet. Yeah. I think we should, uh, scoot back out to, uh, San Francisco in the fall and see these places a little with a little more fire in them. Maybe check out the Bohemian Grove too. See if they'll let us in. Yeah. I, that's what <laughs> I was on, uh, the golf guide podcast and they, the kid is from Northern California and he, said that the Bohemian Grove has the original drawing of Northwood, like the original plant, but they, they're holding them hostage in there. Jeez. You got to talk to Gary yeah. McCord. Get those, yeah. get those plants. Yeah. Just bring them out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got four through six at SFGC. I like that, that long par three. And then I like how you've got the, those par fours really, you got to hit good golf shots on those par fours, especially the, the six that I love the fairway, how it goes down to the left. And then that green is nasty. Yeah, dude. Six is very, very cool. It's, you know, run runner up there. I'd say four through six at Cal clubs. Pretty cool too. Yeah. I had that written down and then, then I put SF and then i just remembered Northwood number six and was like, absolutely. That's what I'm, that's what I'm rolling with. So, uh, what do you got for seven through nine? Seven through nine. I, uh, threw in the metal club, some cool, uh, some cool holes that are, that are definitely pretty unique. I thought they were awesome. Yeah. That little natural, like uh Creek they use for that seventh hole. It's pretty sweet. Yep. And then, uh, eight cool par three, nine, Cool par, par four, beast. Nine, nine is sweet, and I think if they had the tee in the right position there, I think the tee, you know, they had to find yardage for that hole to get it to get it a little longer, where guys couldn't carry that those left bunkers. 
but if you played from like the correct angle, I think it's such a sick tee shot how those uh, left fairway bunkers kind of just blend into the greenside bunkering, mm-hmm. and it just looks like one big diagonal hazard. Yeah, you you got to hit a good drive there, and then you still have like if it. I played there with a hickory, and I still had like a. I feel like I had like a four or five iron into that green, which was yeah, it was a beast. Um, I went seven through nine at Northwood. I really like that seventh hole, that kind of dog legs right, and that green you can tell is pretty cool. The par three eighth is unreal, that green, and then nine going back up. I I really liked. Yeah, with that huge bunker that is like 150 yards off the tee that just swallows up any golf ball that heads to it that's not there anymore. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, that thing was like a true three-shot par five back in the day, too. Like, I think it, I went hickory, hickory, wedge. Yeah, that hole was cool. That whole place, man. I, I know I keep talking about it, but I want to go back up there, like, tomorrow. <laughs> I know. I was, I almost went out to Northern California this week for, for something. And, uh, and I was like, oh man, that'd be sweet to be, cause I was going to have to go up to Napa and I was like, oh, I'll be close to Northwood. I could go over there again. Um, Absolutely. But, um, so ten, 10 through 12, I, uh, I threw in SF club again, cause 10 was another one of my favorite holes on the trip. I thought 11 was a sweet par three. And then that 12th hole was, again, like, I mean, I keep repeating myself, but 12 is such a sick hole. I think with just 12, it would, you could put nothing holes before that and SF would still get it. So I have 10 through 12 too. Like 12 might be one of the best par fours I've ever seen. Yeah, in the entire world. Yeah, it was so funny how we both ended up in that bunker and the caddy was, was pissed at us. I know the caddy, the caddy was, but the caddy was so wrong on that yardage. He was like, it's 255, but it plays uphill, you know, and it played a little into the wind. Or I don't even know what he said. He said it's 245, but it's the longest 245 in the world. And I'm like, well, I can carry it 245. And I smoked one, didn't even come close to carrying it. Then I go back home and look on Google Earth, and it was like 278. And I was like, I don't even hit it 278 anywhere let alone foggy san francisco so yeah. it's uh it just bad bad information yeah you didn't carry it and i was like oh, yeah, probably, i could probably carry it and i hit it right into it <laughs> yeah that, that hole is cool and it's so funny because there's so much room left that it's just like you should never in a million years hit it in that bunker but uh i mean that's like a perfect example of a hole with like the technology thing is like if like Dustin Johnson can just carry that with like a three wood Um, and just like the modern distance thing is like, so that hole loses like all of its strategy. But if that bunker is uncarryable, they, you you have to make a decision. Are you playing short and giving up yardage or, and having the perfect angle or are you playing left and, and taking more yardage and, and have just a, like kind of a blind shot in. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that hole. What'd you got? What do you have for 13 through 15? Uh, 13 through 15. I, uh, went with Pasa Tiempo. Same. Yeah. Uh, really. Yeah. I really like 13. That part, man, like I hope you, I hope people have watched like the drone video of that hole. 
that you have, it's like that that green complex is just out of control. So beautiful and so cool. And then 14, very cool hole with the like natural looking chasm, you know, the the big dip in the fairway. Yeah. And then 15 is that sick little par three. I uh I haven't posted any drone video of that yet, so maybe I'll try and get something done for this pod. But yeah, that I mean that stretch of holes, it's like you got a a great risk reward par five. You got a awesome, um, just stout par four that's got tons of strategy, and then you got a like little nasty par three. So I'm I'm in the same boat. And then close. What are you doing to close out the round? I went with Cal Club, another cool little par three in sixteen, a uh, a gettable par five in seventeen. But at the same time, you can kind of you could make bogeys on both of those holes pretty easy if you hit a bad shot. And then eighteen going back to the clubhouse is I thought was a pretty cool finish. I I wrapped it up with Pasatiempo sixteen through eighteen. I just uh, couldn't couldn't pass up on uh, having uh, sixteen. Yeah, sixteen and uh, I I. And then, people rag on 17 i kind of like really like 17 yeah man when i saw when i saw the the original aerials of that place without all the trees on the right and there was this nasty set of bunkers kind of down there right where you hit your drives on the right in between 10 and 17 fairway like you kind of have a better appreciation for that hole, how you got to hug it up the left side so the ball doesn't roll down into that bunker. And then, you know, you kind of have a better view of that green. That's a, dude, posse tempo, the whole course and the back nine, everything there is ridiculous. I was looking, I was looking at the rankings the other day and posse tempo is not in the top 100. Like, I was actually offended. I, it's, it's, it's criminal. Absolutely. Like that's like a top fifteen golf course in America. <laughs> so I I always say it could be a top fifteen if it was an exclusive I think, club. I still think it is right now. That's I don't know. Sick. It. I don't know. What is it better than SF Club? No. <laughs> so that's. I mean, that's a the. I mean, the way I look at Pasatiempo is I think like architecturally, if you want to play a golf course, like a golden age golf course, it's the undisputed number one that a public can play, that the public can play. Yeah. I need to play Pinehurst number two still though, too. So. Pinehurst is solid. It's good. You, you, would you put Paso over Pinehurst? I enjoy Paso more. Yeah, I think it, but dude, again. I don't know. It's, these are such hard discussions to have because they're both so good. They're both in that category that you're like, I would go play them. You know what I mean? How about our uh, How about our experience at Pacific Grove? Yeah, that was like everything you don't want to have happen inside the golf shop kind of happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know it was kind of our fault for not. I just didn't think it would be like crazy busy, but obviously like 75 sunny on a Saturday afternoon is kind of like prime time for people to go golf. <laughs> yeah. So we, we showed up there at like three or so and we wanted to just play the back nine and we get there and it was like packed and the guy, you know, in the shop was like, yeah, I, I can't get you out. So we decided to walk and we, we walk out there and like, 
but you got to tell them about you got to you got to inform them about how we were like do you think we could go just walk the back nine and the guy was like i don't know like eh, that would be tough for me to let have happen and uh and we were like man we'll be like courteous we're not going to get in anybody's way and he was like i guess and he really just like did not want us to be out there it was crazy (laughs) so so we walk out and there's like a foursome on 10 and uh which is like a nothing par three and we like turn the corner at the green and there's like this single guy walking down the 11th fairway towards like the green that's set into the dune and and zach looks at me and he's like dude go get go get some clubs and he runs down the fairway and I run back to the car to get the club. So how did how did the discussion go with our, our single? Yeah, yeah, I just kind of went up to him and you could tell he could hear me running from like 50 yards out and he looked back and you could tell he was so confused. He was like, am, am I in trouble? Like is somebody like chasing after this kid? What's going on? And I got up to him and was like, hey man, uh, you know, my name's Zach Blair. Uh, and he's like, Zach Blair, you play on the PGA Tour. And I was like, yeah, um, would you mind if me and a friend joined you for the back nine? And he was like, you want to join me out here? And I was like, yeah. Like we, we came out to, uh, to roll around Pat Grove for the night. And he was like, well, yeah, absolutely. You can join us. And he was so cool. He was like a perfect person you want to meet on the golf course to play with that you've never met before. You know, a complete stranger that ended up being one of the coolest guys we uh, played with it on the entire trip. You know, he just, got, he, you could tell he got it. He uh, yeah. he got architecture, like he had like a LaHinch head cover, but then he was asking us questions and, and you found out like he worked in the Bay. He's like, yeah, I played Pacific Grove all the time when I, and then he, I think he had moved to Austin, but um, he was in town and played Pacific Grove a bunch. And then uh, after yeah, the, yeah, after the round, he posted a picture of the exact same picture. He was taking some pictures. He like pulled a Cavalier where he took a pic- yeah, the exact did. same picture from three years ago and showing how much more brown it was. It's like yeah. this guy. Get- and then he hit our- hit the hickory. He caught, yeah. hick- he caught hick nation fever. Yeah, he did catch the hickory fever. I think, I think we're kind of like, uh, I've got, I've gotten a lot of people sick with the hick fever. It's insane. Oh, everyone's dude. in. I'm I'm thinking about <laughs> getting crooked with like Louisville golf. Getting you perfect. Know, I might start perfect. selling hickories out of my trunk when I go places. <laughs> hey, kid, come here. Yeah, come here. <laughs> let me come let check me this out. let me tell you about this hickory. <laughs> you don't you don't want that that new Callaway driver. You want the hickory, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a whole different way to play the game. I don't really think like everybody is like, oh, it would make bad golfers so much worse. I don't really think it would. Yeah. Um, I mean, this sounds so mean and it sounds bad, but like the people that suck, like not a lot of stuff helps them get that much better. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a weird, it's a weird little topic to talk about yeah yeah it's, it's a uh it's a touchy one for sure um it was so funny i got i got this one story about the hickories that's like classic so i was down at the pro member the other day at seminal and we were at the dinner and i had this 
discussion with Jack Nicholas about the golf ball. And he was kind of telling me his plan and everything like that. And, you know, I, I was just kind of talking to him, basically saying how some of the classic courses are kind of being dwarfed a little bit. and Guys can just hit it so far. And I told him that I had recently started kind of playing with hickories when I play casual golf. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how good that is or, you know, anything like that. He's like, <laughs> I thought he would be like, I, you know, because sometimes when I tell that to people, they're like, oh, man, that's so cool that you would, you know, want to see how the, you know, game was intended to be played and how these, these, you know, golden age architects kind of laid out these holes based on where people were hitting it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know much about that. I don't want to get involved with that. But let me tell you about, <laughs> let me tell you about my idea with the golf ball. <laughs> it, He's good. You've had a couple of good run-ins with Jack, including the Memorial hot tub, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's a, He's kind of a, me and him have some great, some great stories. I have three really good ones. I have the hot tub story, that hickory one. And then one time I was at the Ryder Cup dinner at his house and it was like me and a couple guys and he was asking everybody how they played. And I had just shot 80 that day at, uh, at Honda. It was like so hard. The wind was blowing. I played like shit. And he was like, so how'd you play? And I was like, I shot 80 and he's like, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Jack. I, I, I'm aware. The golden bear, man. You know, he's, he's just trying to, he does, he's not on your level. No, no. He's, uh, it was, those are three of my favorite stories and they they all have to do with Jack Nicholas. So he's the man. Where's the, uh, where's the next Blair Wish project? I think we, uh, I think we're going Boston Tea Party hunting. There's so many good ones there. Yeah, we got a we got a sick little trip lined up for that one. It's going to be pretty epic, I think. There's, a, I mean, the crazy thing about Boston is how you could find like a million scruffy little Ross gems out there. Yeah, Boston and uh, Long Island are both that way. Like, I feel like you could go to either of those areas and just play golf for a month at courses you've never heard of and you would find like a ton of places that you love. Are there any good public courses out on long Island that are like, I, I know they used to have that Gil Hans like tall grass or whatever it was called, but some solar power plant took it over. Yeah. Maybe long Island might be in the more of the private sector, but, yeah. uh, I don't know. Are they are they public in uh, Boston? Yeah. Well, there's some. I mean, you got like the uh, George Wright place that I guess they got the Mass Am this year. But then by Catanzas, there's that little nine hole Marion that's George yeah. Thomas's first course, which and they yeah. still have like the the stone walls. Sick. That's my favorite. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, but. I don't know. There's too much good golf to explore. I think there you could do the same thing for uh, a number of cities. I think San Francisco, though, if you were ranking cities, has got to be top four. Yeah. What are you? Uh, what What are you throwing in there? Are you throwing uh, obviously Long Island, like New York. It's Chicago. Tough. Do you, where do you delineate? Is Is it New York City? Is Long Island its own? Is Monterey part of San Francisco? 
Yeah, I kind of I had this discussion with this guy that writes for like the San Francisco Chronicle the other day, kind of talking about that. I, I don't know. You gotta you gotta do some sort of like a radius, I guess. But I mean, Long Island in itself. Yeah. I guess you're not calling that a big city though. So I don't know. But San Francisco, even if you're not in, even if you're not including Pasa or any of the Pebble Beach Monterey scene, like San Francisco is pretty good. Yeah, I think I think you got to have uh New York and Philly 1 2. Yeah, so so you're counting you're counting uh Long Island for New York obviously. Yeah, I'm going to count Pine Valley for Philly, too. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes away. So, And then uh, and then, I think you could count Pasa, but not Monterey. Monterey is like two hours from San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, and then are we, throwing, are we throwing Phoenix and Scottsdale in there? Or... <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not. <laughs> not. <laughs> Um, I think Chicago would be, so I always go back and forth with Chicago because I feel like after Chicago golf and shore acres, we've got like a massive drop off and like, you know, old Elm's really good. Um, so like, but like then it's kind of like, you're kind of like, uh, would it be better than like, if you had Pasa Tiempo in with San Francisco, like if you have Cal club SF Pasa Tiempo, Olympic club, like Olympic club kind of, I don't know. I haven't played it yet. So I, I'm going to pass judgment on it. I think Olympic is a little better than, than we're, uh, than you think. Yeah, I do too. I, I think that the bunkering that they did there has kind of like made it probably too hard and the bunkers are just diabolical now, but I think it's pretty good. So I would, I would say that San Francisco if takes the cake over Chicago, Chicago is great because of the, the depth, you know, like yeah. our, our from 10 to 25, we're like really strong, but you have a super deep bench. Yeah. We're like the team that, that, you know, is really good in the NBA, but then they get, then the playoffs, the bench gets shorter, you know, and yeah. only seven guys play and we get just, we get smoked. Annihilated. It's like so, the bulls. So I'm and... thinking about this right here. What is a good, like, what's a good cutoff for number of great courses you have to have to be in this conversation? Would you say it's like five or, or like seven? I think you have to have, you have to have some top end firepower, but you still have to have some depth. Like you can't, like your number 10 course can't be like, a dump, not a well, dump. We should talk but... about this right now, really quick, just because this is a good topic to talk about. So, do you want to talk about this? This I is think fine. This is something good. You can cut this out or whatever, but I think this is this is good to talk about. I think this is. I think making a you know this could be the next iteration of Logo Madness. Absolutely. So what we're talking about here is we're going to go New York, Philly, San Francisco. And I think if this is, I, I I think Boston has to be in this discussion. Yeah. The more I'm, the more I'm thinking about it. So we'll do those four. Chicago's five. Boston, and then Chi Town. Then, so, like a perfect example is L.A., where you have 
high end top top tier golf, but then you got to fall off. Yeah, so LA is like the opposite of Chicago. Yeah, like the complete opposite. It's got like some first round picks, lottery picks, but then it just has no bench at all. None, right? None. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 talk about LA just for a sec too. So if we're going NYC, we're we're obviously going like like Shinny National, Maidstone, Winged Foot, Maid, Maidstone. Winged foot, Quaker, two. Quaker Ridge, Quaker, um, Sabonic, Friars Head, Sabonic, Friars, um, I mean, I mean Fishers, Fishers, right? Yeah. Um, so that's two, four, six, eight. That's eight. Uh, Piping Beth, Rock, Beth Garden Page. City. Beth Page. I mean, it's just silly. Beth Page. What? I mean, you could just like, I think you could go forever. Yeah, we're just, they're just a clear number one. Yeah. They have Philly. You're talking, you got like PV. Marion. Marion. Aronimic. Philly Cricket. Philly Cricket. Golf Mills. Manny's rolling green. Like you've got like this stretch of unreal Flynn courses. You've got rolling green. You've got Philly country club. You've got Huntington Valley. You've got Lancaster. If you, you know, it's, it's a it'd be about as far as like the Hamptons would be. Um, and then you've got, uh, You've got, then you've got like a bunch of moderns too. You've got cool, like I really like Applebrook, which is a hand. And you've got Stonewall. I mean, you got a ton there. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch. So Philly is like a clear number two. I think it's got, it's probably got as much top end firepower as New York. No, I don't think so. PV, Marion, Aronimic, Philly Cricket. Like that's four solid ones, and you got Shinny National. New York's got like ten, yeah. and and Philly's got four. New York's like like an all star squad. Yeah, <laughs> if you put <laughs> if you put Chicago, Philly, and Boston together, it would be like New York almost. Yeah, so Philly's New York's like a beast. Maybe New New York versus the all of California would be a good matchup. New York versus the world. Yeah. New York versus everybody. And we're just like okay. playing into New Yorkers' ego right now. And then, um, oh shit, like Baltus Raw. I don't know if you can, it can, does that count? Yeah, it's in New Jersey, but I mean, it's like just as close. I think you do like the New York metro area, right? I mean, that's the same thing. It's if in the gonna, Met, if right? you're going to add PV to Philly. Maybe it should be based off of the Golf Association. Oh, yes. Like the Met, the N, the Northern California Golf Association. This is, we might have to do more thought into this. This could be a whole article slash discussion. This is, exactly. Well, we might as well finish this off right now. SF, you go uh, SF Club. Um, Cal Club. Cal Club. Meadow Club. Pasa. Meadow. 
PASA, Olympic. Um, Claremont. I think Claremont, I think it's sick, but I think we're like kind of starting to reach maybe. What if you, you know what, I mean? what if you include Cypress, Pebble? Okay, well, like where does it, does that get it up to Philly level? Cypress, Pebble. I think it might pass Philly then. MPCC times two. Um, it's Spyglass if you're going to. If you're into that thing, kind of stuff. <laughs> if that's your thing. I can't believe how many people I talk to are in love with that place. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. Like, me there's some cool holes out there. Yeah. Like, you know, two, three, four, five are sick, but then it's just like repeatedly getting hit in the face. Like the rest of the day, just like uphill par four, uphill par four, uphill par four. It's crazy. So 220 SF, yard par three, like you're in the 10 area, you know, you're in that 10 course range as well for SF. So SF can compete if you include yeah. Monterey with, with Philly. I think Boston would be an interesting one is like yeah, so you, Boston. You, you're going to go like Essex country club. Myopia, Old Sandwich, Old Sandwich, Boston Golf Club. Um, what else? Eastward Ho. Eastward Ho. Is does, does like Sanctity count? I mean, let's leave those out right now and see if we need help. Like, I mean, Newport's like an hour further down, but like Wanamoise, it's like 35, 40 minutes. You know what I mean? Miss Quamacut. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that place is so sick. <laughs> I mean, is it? And each of them kind of have their own unique aspect. Like, I think like one of the things is you could, like, I think Boston has more quirky, fun courses than New York does. Yeah, I would say like New York is very Stout. championship, yeah. like golf. Boston, I think you're gonna see more like you said, kind of little quirky designs that are really fun and have like a lot of uh, like very sporty golf courses. And then Philly, I think you're kind of going to get that mix mm -hmm. of both of them. I agree with that. And then SF, I think, is more along the lines of uh, New York, like more like championship tests. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I mean – it's kind of a mixture too. I think it's more like the um, the Philly model. Yeah, like a little cork, got some championship, you know. So to it. I talked to Oberholzer about this. Is in like with this whole kind of the games change. Everybody's you know golf's better. Like golfers are better now. You know, with technology, with training, with you know TrackMan. So like. When do we stop holding on to par and start like why don't what would what would happen at a tour event at Cal Club firm and fast like you know people would the the let it let go of the score would it be really fun to watch yeah and I think that's like I think that's what people are kind of tricked with right now they're like 
a lot of people talk about that, the Mexico event, how they, you know, love that, that golf course. And I think they're, they don't really know what they're talking about as much. Like they love what that golf course offers and it offers like a bunch of different approaches. You get, you get a bunch of like shorter holes and you get all these things that you might not see at a place like, uh, PGA national. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not just like getting hit in the face. You're getting these like cool wedge shots and you're, you're seeing a lot of like exciting stuff. You're seeing guys get close to driving greens or you're seeing guys driving greens and chipping in and everything like that. So I, I totally get what you're saying. Like short, it's, it's not terrible to go to these short courses. Uh, sometimes they're more fun and they offer kind of a, a different, you know, different style of golf tournament it, it seems like the best way to combat distance and the bomb and gouge would actually be to make the golf courses shorter yeah we've had discussions about that like i, I feel like when they when, you know obviously the ball goes far and you know guys are hitting it further and everything like that and there you know a lot of people talk about guys being more athletic and everything but i think kind of where they screwed up and in terms of golf course setup or whatever is when they started like tiger proofing these golf courses and, you know, putting all these bunkers at like 290 and putting all these new tee boxes and making courses longer and longer, it just played more into the hands of guys like tiger and, you know, guys that hit it far. Cause you, you kind of take the, you take that lower, distance hitting guys kind of out of the mix a little bit more um, to where if you, you started making like 370 yard par fours where guys could hit driver, but they would have those like awkward wedge shots, but that was an option. That's, I think that kind of uh, that brings so much more to the table than having like every hole be a 500 yard par four. That's kind of what I was thinking is because like, okay, if you're in the rough with a half wedge, like the reward of getting like a half wedge in the fairway, like it's been proven. If you get closer in the fairway, you've got a better chance of making birdie. But if you get in that same spot, like a half wedge from the rough is actually kind of harder to hit than a half wedge from a, a full wedge from the rough because you can't get the trajectory on it as easily. Yeah, it's just and it's just shots that you don't have as much. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And shots shots you don't practice as much and and everything like that. Like sometimes I, I think of it like playing a scramble or playing like up a couple of sets of tees when you're, when you're at your home course or whatever, you get tricked into hitting like a lot of drivers and you start getting these like 50 yard wedge shots out of the rough that, that you never have and you never practice. And sometimes it's like harder than if you were playing like the back tees and hitting a driver to like 120 yards. So, um, it would just be like a whole different ball game. I think it, it would be pretty cool to see. It would, it would be fun to see a couple tournaments a year do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were, we were texting about this the other day. We were coming up with some courses. Like everybody always says like, Oh, let's go to, you know, Cyprus or you could have it at, um, you know, national, but like realistically, some golf courses in cities that you could maybe host a tournament at that would be offer what Mexico had, but 
with better architecture and less trees. And I was yeah, Holston Hills is the one that you always kind of talk about. Yeah, that would be super cool. It's in Knoxville though, so I don't think you'd see a tour event in Knoxville is the problem, you know, getting but in Chicago you could for example, you could look at having an event at like Skokie or at Beverly, which would be like mark remarkably different than, you know, the the you know Conway Farms or Medina that are built for this championship golf, you know, modern, yeah. modernly built for championship golf. Say the same thing with, uh, you know, TPC Boston versus going to Myopia or I don't know if they'd ever host or Essex. Yeah, it's kind of a it's a it's a weird subject, right? You're talking about because it's like you'll you'll always have people be like, oh, they would never host a tournament but you never know you know some sometimes they would i think i think it would be cool it's like the key is also doing a rota you know the asking somebody to do it for 10 straight years is a lot different than asking somebody to do it once every 10 years yeah exactly like people especially in those areas you know of the united states where you're not playing golf 12 months a year it's kind of hard to ask a them to give it up at you know prime peak season for however long you know usually at least a week for the golf tournament probably a week before they would shut it down and then not to mention all the recovery time uh after you know these guys are losing their golf courses so it's kind of a, a weird situation yeah so uh logo madness what uh that was kind of crazy i was surprised at how popular it was yeah man i knew it was gonna i knew people were gonna get involved and i i i had a hunch that it would be it would uh get a lot of traction but it kind of definitely it definitely was way more than i thought and it was cool to see everybody get so fired up about this stuff and it was funny because <laughs> when i originally posted the picture we had like a 32 man uh or a 32 logo bracket and yeah. immediately the second i posted it we just got blown up by everyone about like all these courses that weren't in and i just like i had to make an executive decision and just be like dude we're going 64 <laughs> i know now like we need to have like play-in tournaments if you, yeah. yeah, like I feel like we yeah. still missed out. The tough thing is, I think people have a hard time removing the course from the logo. Yeah, absolutely. And at the same, but at the same time, it's like sometimes that experience or whatever you want to call it kind of ties into the the logo a little bit. You know, once you once you learn about certain things like the Delft tiles at National that's kind of a logo that some people would be like, what is that? Or like, why that's not cool at all. And then you learn about it and you see it and you're like, wow, that is cool. After you play it, you're like, even you like it even more. So it's a, it's a weird thing. And it, it kind of goes along those discussions of when people are like, would that hole be good if it wasn't on the ocean and stuff like that. But it's like, it is on the ocean and that, that logo is for that golf course. So it's a, it's a, I think a, a debate that no one will ever win. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, and the cool thing about logos is everybody can have their opinion and exactly. 
we as the committee, we we probably didn't do the best job of of seeding these and setting up matchups here. But uh, who do you do you feel like kind of got the toughest shake here? Stonewall, a hundred percent. Like having to go up against Marion second round was just. I think they Stonewall could have made a pretty deep run in the tournament if they would have been in basically any other like. I don't know what were they. They were like a thirty. Well, they were. They would have been an eight nine seed if it, if we go with the NTA tournament setup. Yeah, I so thought. I think, I think them. I thought White Bear Yacht Club also had the same thing because they had to go up against Fishers in the second round. Yeah, agreed. And then, yeah, I mean St. Louis Golf Club, St. Louis Country Club, kind of yeah. got wow. I yeah, it's you know, I there can't. were a lot. LA, LA got a kind of a tough one. They they had to face Sleepy in the second round. Um, oh, they got they, were so they got many. blown out too. They just got obliterated. I know. I remember tweeting something like, "What a great matchup we have. This is going to come down to the wire." And then it was like 75-25. I was like, "Well, you know, I, even Vegas is wrong every once in a while." <laughs> I'm pretty disappointed that Chicago Golf Club lost to Deer. How about SF Club getting bounced in the first round? I'll tell you, it wasn't good for intertwined letters. Yeah, no. Not good at all. It's um, We missed so many good logos looking back on it that it was just like... Did, did you see they're doing a Canada one right now? I, uh, <laughs> there's so many of them. It's, yeah. uh, we... Uh, we it, I don't know. People have been clamoring for a uh, a, a worldwide one with you know all yeah. of the world versus the uh, you know logos, but man, it's it's tough. I think public one would be cool too. Um, I don't know if Pasta Tiempo would would hang in on the public side if that counts. Does semi private count as public? I think maybe a lot. Yeah, I don't act. think so. I think act. you got to do like just public. Just public. Man, yeah. there could be some bad, bad uh, low seeds in that one. <laughs> it's a- Absolutely, the one someone brought up. I think a cool one would be uh, T markers. T markers. Do it. Yeah. What about clubhouses? Clubhouses would be a good one too. There's I- so many good things you could do, and people love this stuff, and they love getting involved and talking about it, and, and these ones are kind of easier to discuss than uh you know instead of talking about like golf holes yeah exactly i think maybe we should do uh we should do one in maybe a couple weeks we'll see we'll stay tuned it'll be uh but uh hey what's the most underrated seth rayner course that you've played um I don't know. I'm, I'm scared to say because then Rainer. maybe say like, I don't even know. I would, what would you say? I haven't played as many as you. So I haven't played like a ton. You know what I mean? There's not like, there's not like, there aren't that many. Yeah, there's not like that many, and it it feels like a lot of them are are properly rated. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them are just 
solid golf courses. There's, but like maybe, maybe a place like Yale, even though it, like that is a, I think that place is underrated. Um, let me see. Let, let me look up some. I feel like that's another one where if it was an exclusive country club like Pasatiempo, it would be like thought of completely different. But because it's the way it's maintained, it, it like it has to be that it it gets a bad rap. I, I yeah, guess if so... if we include McDonald into it, St. Louis Country Club was pretty rad. Yeah, but the the thing that I always talk about, I feel like every McDonald course um, or every Rainer course, it seems like, I don't know which way I, I explain this. I always get confused, but it's like every Rainer or every McDonald was a Rainer. You know, he had some some help in it, but not every Rainer was a McDonald. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, at least that's 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 how I think of it. But like I'm running through some of these right now, like Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is like pretty underrated. That place is sick. Um, how about the Midland Hills? Finding that that uh, as that drawing insane. It's so that's really cool. Dude, literally, do you think, remember our podcast with Tully and how he kept talking about all he wanted to do was find the Meadow Club yeah. original drawing? And like, I wonder if Tully was kind of like sad or it, re it re-energized him and he started looking in some obscure places. Yeah, he uh, he said that on Twitter the other day. He was like, he he was just basically talking about how it just kind of like he's been looking nonstop for X amount of years and hasn't found anything yet. Looked through every single piece of the, the clubhouse up there at metal club and he still hasn't got anything. So he's like, but I'm still going to keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what do you think Mackenzie Rayner now? Do you, is it changed at all now that you've played all these Mackenzie courses in Australia and California? Um, you know what? I, what I'll say is, Mackenzie definitely had like a different flair about him. That like his golf courses are a hundred percent like they're more beautiful. You know what I mean? And and they probably like tie in together, get all the little little intricacies and details better than like a Rainer. But even like when I went to Mountain Lake the other day, and put it on like inner green complex enjoyable to to put on for me and to hit shots into because you have you have these just simple looking greens that you can make as hard as you want with with what kind of pin positions you put and they're still not crazy you know what i mean I feel like I feel like Mackenzie. There's so many greens. Like if you look at back at like Pasatiempo, there's so many greens out there that realistically only have like one or two hole locations. And the same thing goes with like a place like Cyprus. Once the greens get to a, a ten or an eleven, there's so much of the greens that are unusable and unpinnable to where 
besides like a couple holes, like a Redan or something else, uh, there's so much more possibilities for hole locations and everything like that on a, on a Rainer golf course that it just seems so fun to play every day because it can change so much. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think like if you could, I guess it wouldn't look, I don't think it would look right, but like some of the ways that Mackenzie bunkered places with, with Rainer green complexes would be ideal. I, st- I think you could do that. I think you could do that because if you look at like a, like a Rainer, a Rainer course that's bunkered, you know, they're, they're all like deep grass face bunkers. So you could do the, the very beautiful, um, you know, bunkers with the tongues and everything like that. And, and I think it would look good. I think you could do it for sure. Um, I think that's what we do at, at the buck club is just get that perfect combination of the, the McKenzie style bunkering with the Rainer green complexes. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, uh, I would say, I think that's possible. I mean, the, that's the, the way I would think about putting those guys together. You know, that's what I think each of them did. I keep thinking about super like architects. Like if you put everybody together, how it would be, but that'd be impossible. That's what they did. That's what they did, man. That's what they did at PV. And that's why that place is the best golf course in the world. You know, who could have had Rainer McKenzie? Yeah. Monterey Peninsula. (laughs) Who else? That's it. Yeah. But I think that I I need to, I need to say that better right now is what I think what McKenzie did so well was his bunkering and, and the way he tied everything together and all the little details and intricacies of his golf course and the way he let you get off the tee is so enjoyable. But a lot of his courses that I've played, the green complexes, once you get to a certain speed, they lose so many pin positions to where the golf courses could almost be a little repetitive if that makes sense, to where Rainer, I would, there's so much, so much of the green complex is pinnable on all of his greens that you can change the golf course up day to day so much with the whole locations. I think that's the best way to explain it. And that's why I enjoy playing a Rainer golf course more. Have you played a lot of Bill Flynn courses? William, don't bit. call me Bill. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wild Bill. Wild Bill was solid. He's kind of like the perfect marriage of the two. He gets, you know, a little more movement on the green. His and, greens you know, can be nasty. Wild, Wild Bill does a good job of, of, of having a little more short grass around the, the putting surfaces, you yeah. know, what I mean? around the green complexes. That's one thing I will say that Rainer lacked. He, it was a lot of bunkering and a lot of rough. I don't know though. Is that just? I think that's a lot of just shrinkage, bad mowing over the Maybe years. They just don't. They just don't mow it properly. Because like even like a, a place like Mountain Lake the other day when I played, it's like all sides are guarded by bunkers. You know, except for the front. He Chicago lets, golf like let, that too. Shore Acres is too. I don't There's know. a little more short grass around that place, but still, if you look, if you like look at aerials and everything like that. 
Rainer definitely liked to use bunkering around the greens more. Like if you think about Fisher's Island, like yeah, every single hole, it's bunkers left, right, and back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but that's why I was saying I, I feel like William Flynn did a good job of of kind of marrying the two. You know, he he got a little more movement on the greens, but still a lot of it was pinnable. And then he did a good job of kind of letting you have short grass. You know what we should try and do? We should try and do around that longest day of the year in June, depending on... You might be playing in the U.S. Open, so this would be moot. But we play... I'll be there. We play uh, Southampton, West Hampton, National Golf Links. It would be the rainer day. Yeah, I did that, basically. (laughs) It was sick. All in one day. Just rainer overload. I, uh, dude, that Long Island trip I went on, it was the same thing me and you did in SF, but it was on Long Island. And it was like, it was one of the coolest experiences ever just to see all those places. But Southampton and Westhampton are, uh, dude, they fly super under the radar. They're see, cool. Like Westhampton's so quirky and, and kind of on a small ballpark, but you never, you never feel like you're cramped in there. And then Southampton is really cool, but it just, I mean, shit, it's right next to national and Shinnecock. So it's like, of course, no one's ever going to really talk about it. That's, um, I mean, national Shinnecock, Sabonic, Southampton being within, essentially you could just walk to each of them from the other one. Yeah. And then you've got winged foot, both courses in Quaker Ridge where you could like, they're right. I mean, you could walk to them. That's like the craziest thing about New York. Yeah, they are. uh, I mean, it's so good, but I think that would be a cool one that you just said. Both of those would be sick on the longest day of the year. Try and play either, you know, both courses at Wingfoot and Quaker and then try and play national shinny Southampton and Sabonic. On one day, <laughs> that would be. Can you get seventy two in? Can you get seventy two in in a day? People do it at Bandon on like the summer solstice. Summer solstice. Yeah, I mean, people. There's like that hundred hole hike that the that Jim Holt, Colton uh, founded that you do a hundred holes in a day for charity. Yeah, I think you could you could do it definitely. You could definitely do it at six, National. Think about it. National. So like, if you tee off at six a.m. You're done with with 18 by 9.30. Or not, by 9. You tee off the next one. You're done by noon. Take a 30-minute break for lunch. Then you're... Oh, you could do 72. No problem. Yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the next one we do right there. National, Shinny, Sabonic, and Southampton. They're all touching each other. You could literally... If you got permission somehow... The coolest thing I think you could ever do now that I'm thinking about it would be to start at Sabonic and and figure out a routing where, you know, you don't necessarily have to start from one, but like you could start from the, the one tip of the property um, and play until you, until you get, you know, handed off at national and play. And then you hand it off kind and, of on like shin, 10 yeah. and go over to um, Shinny. And then you get handed off on Shinny on like 12 and go play all of Southampton 
and then come back, connect back to Shinny, play out until you get back to National, play that out and finish it off at Sabonic. Like that think- would be I think that's our new goal in life right there is to somehow pull that pull that one. We off. create a 72 hole routing using yeah, those I, four courses. I'm, I'm going to get on that tonight. Yeah, when you figure it out, we'll put the pod up. Just num- we'll just number them 1 through 72. I think the way you got to do it is uh, you you start. I think you got to finish it national somehow. You got to you got to make a way to finish national eighteen because that's like there's not many more amazing. The sun would be going down over the over the fucking day, dude. It would be legendary. We gotta we gotta get on that, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this. Uh, I'm going to get this dialed in and that's going to be our goal for the year is to somehow pull that off. Hey, overrated, underrated. Oh, I'm, yeah, I only think, I, I think I only have like uh, one of them. Okay. Shadow Creek. Um, I would say, I would say underrated. I feel like people talk about it, but it really is kind of like a masterpiece to, to see that place, how they virtually took a, flat piece of property and you go on this wild ride kind of up and down and it's it's pretty cool push carts underrated i uh i just don't understand like how they're not more popular over here it's all people use in both like scotland and ireland and um australia it's kind of like you never see people with caddies in those places and you never see people with golf carts or carrying. It's always push carts. So underrated. All right. All right. Later, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. You've been listening to the fried egg podcast. We do the digging for you. 